It's Super Bowl week, the one we've all been waiting for. The pinnacle of every NFL season. Hello and welcome back to the Punt Return Podcast. It'll be our final episode of the year as we head along towards Super Bowl, of course. Monday afternoon, Monday morning, our time here in Australia. I'm your co-host, Ryan Laporte, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Nick Splitter, who is chomping at the bit to get stuck into Super Bowl week. Uh, He's got the Philly Eagles paraphernalia all around him. He's wearing a hat, jumper. He's got flags, footballs, neon signs, you name it, he's got it. Uh, Super Bowl fever has really hit the household, mate. I'll tell you what, you, you're right. And and for all those listeners that wanted to to get stuck into the videos this year, because we did try and do it over the last few years. We've tried to do some video stuff. Uh, unfortunately, for a number of reasons, we just haven't got around to it this year. But uh, you're, you're right. I'm surrounded by Eagle stuff here. And, mate, I'll tell you what, I've been waiting for this episode for the last two weeks because it's just been an incredible run and – Anyone who's listened to this show knows that I don't bet Eagles games, but I'm telling you, I'm betting the Eagles game this week. Uh, hot off the press, exclusive. We're betting the Eagles this week. So, look, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I can't wait. I, I am chomping at the bit. I've been messaging you all day, trying to trying to work out when we're going to record this and and get online and and do this because I, I can't wait. It's uh, it's a massive week. I can't wait. Yeah, it's 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 really exciting. And and now that we've kind of got past the. The Pro Bowl week, of course, which was, you know, we could quickly touch on that. I mean, it was actually quite a, um, an interesting concept, and I didn't mind the little um, flag football game uh, from the bits I saw. I didn't sit down and watch it all, but I, I caught a few highlights, and um, it was an interesting concept and something that, you know, I think the players can really um, look forward to each year now without the fear of getting injured and playing that half Mickey Mouse game with contact. They know it's it's completely, you know, a bit more of an all-star game where it is just, you know, let it all hang out, but... Uh, yeah, we've passed that stage and now it gets to the nitty-gritty and we're, we're less than a week out, of course, from the Super Bowl, only five or so days it is now. And, you know, nerves start kicking in for both teams, I'm sure. It, it, they certainly do for the fans, as I can see all it's written all over your face. But look, it's um, it's super exciting. They've been the two best teams all year and deserving of a, a, an unreal Super Bowl coming up on Monday. Yeah, no, you're right. It, I, I am nervous. Uh, and, and I think I'm potentially less nervous just now in the last five minutes, having done a bit of reading and done some research and, and all that sort of stuff. I'm, a, I'm potentially a little bit less nervous and, and a little bit more, I'm maybe not confident, but a little bit more sure in myself about what I'm, what I'm doing this week than I would normally be in an Eagles game. Uh, but you know, it's the Super Bowl. It's Patty Mahomes. It's the, he's the best player in the competition. Uh, it's hard to bet against him. And you're never confident when you're coming up against Patrick Mahomes and that, that offense and Andy Reid and you know Travis Kelsey. I mean, there's so much talent on that uh, on that offense in Kansas City. It should be a, an incredible game. You're right; the two two best teams all year. The two number one seeds. You know, it doesn't happen very often. Uh, and you know, the two most deserving teams all all year are, are the ones there on the on the final day. Um, I, I kind of agree with you on the Pro Bowl. It's not something that I, I kind of historically spend a lot of time watching. Um, you know, it's a bit of a Mickey Mouse game. Doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, but you know the concept was was fun. I was it was probably more entertaining this year yeah. than in in other years, um, just because it was a bit different. Um, I, I think I'd probably still prefer it to be kind of preseason, where you can get all the best players, you know, that are named to the Pro Bowl teams uh, playing preseason. Then then you get a, a whole lot of ring ins and 
and fill-ins and whatever for the guys that can't play, whether it's injury or surgeries or or Super Bowl. And, and you know, there's, there's a bunch of players uh, you know, named to those Pro Bowl teams that are playing on on Monday. So, yeah, I'd I'd, I'd love to see that kind of preseason, um, especially the way that it is now, where there's you know, far less risk of of injury and and all that sort of thing, and you can get all the best players doing it. And they can have a bit of fun and. You know, all that sort of stuff. I think that'd be cool. But you know, like seeing the skills challenges and and that sort of stuff, which is cool. You know, again, taken from the NBA. Um, yeah, I'd love to see more. You know, longest throw and all these sorts of things. And like, I think that'd be that'd be pretty cool. And, and you can kind of make a whole week out of it in that week off between uh, the championship games and, and the Super Bowl. That that'd be cool. But you know, it is what it is. It's it's a bit of a Mickey Mouse fun and and whatever. But it's not something that I spend a whole lot of focus or, or time kind of sitting down to watch and and you know think about. Um, the big question, and we, we've chatted a little bit kind of offline and, and whatever about, you know, Super Bowl and, and what we're going to do. So where are you watching the game Monday morning? I, I'm really hesitant to answer this because, no, nah, look, I think it's too far gone now to get a day off at the latest. And I think it's a bit dodgy or I suppose a bit obvious if I, if I do call in sick on Monday. Um, everyone knowing that I have an NFL podcast and, and love the game that I'm Super Bowl Monday or just so having to be sick. <laughs> but but I... It, that being said, I think they'd also completely understand if you ask for the day off now. Yeah, maybe. Look, because it's the, and I've, I spoke to you, and I, I don't know. I understand why my, where my thought was in when I asked for leave. So I've got a wedding that I'm in on Friday. So it would have been the perfect opportunity just to take a long weekend and say I'm off for the long weekend, and and that's it. And uh, Friday, roll into Monday, can relax, go watch the Super Bowl with you. We could do a bit of um, punt return stuff, and but now it's going to be. Near impossible because I think I will be in the office. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a good vibe in the office, and we'll have it on, and you know people will be watching. Um, but um, unfortunately, I can't commit to anything else other than that at this stage, mate. Which which hurts. Well, me. I I think roll the dice and go in tomorrow and and ask the day off and just say, look, I've got a wedding on the weekend. It's Super Bowl on Monday. Give me the day off. Come on, boss. Give us the day. Yeah, off. It'll be, it's not the worst option. I mean, you don't get if you don't ask. So yeah, I might have to build some Dutch courage and um, <laughs> ask the question tomorrow. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit the same. I was a bit hesitant to ask for it because, you know, we, we do a Super Bowl thing in the office. Uh, for those that don't know, I, uh, I'm the general manager of Zero Digital. And so we've got zerohanger.com, zerotackle.com, uh, the Australian Football Code websites, AFL and NRL. Uh, so we, we've got a lot of, you know, US sports fans in the office and in the team. So, you know, we always put a barbie on and, and have the, the big screens on all, all around the office and watch the game. But given it is my team, uh, I did, you know, pluck up the courage to ask the boss for the day off. Given I normally man the barbecue, but uh, I've asked for the day off and I've got it. So I'm going to head down to stomping ground with a bunch of other Eagles fans and, and uh, get the green on and get the uh, get the drink on. Very nice, very nice. So you didn't tell me that. That was that's new information to me, mate. <laughs> well, I've only I've only booked my ticket today, but I'll tell you if if you if you message me tomorrow and say I've got the day off, I'll book you a seat too. Yeah, okay, that sounds good. You can finally <laughs> give me my um my scotch then as well. It's it's in the mail. It's still in the hey, mail. It's I, in I the better mail. I better call up Australia Post. Blame Australia Post. It's hundred percent their <laughs> issue because it's in the mail. It's coming to you, uh, and you'll get it at some point. Um, only staring, mate. Uh, that is at least my concerns. <laughs> but yeah, look, uh, it does sound like a fantastic day, and and, and I just can't wait to watch it. And um, you know, I, I want to give it to my full attention, and and obviously won't be able to do that if I'm at work. So yeah, I'll ask the I'll ask the 
ask the boss tomorrow, see if we can um, work something out and I'll, I'll join you at the stomping ground. That sounds like a, a good plan indeed for Super Bowl Monday. And, and if any listeners are out there at stomping ground, Moorabbin, come down, say good day. Uh, yeah, it's always good, always good to meet listeners and, and have a chat. So come down, say good day. Uh, but we should probably get stuck into the big game. It is Super Bowl week. There's a whole lot of news that's gone on in, in the NFL over the last couple of weeks since we last did an episode. There's a bunch of coaching changes. Obviously, the big one, Sean Payton's back in the NFL uh, with some potentially stern words for Russell Wilson coming up. Which you called a couple of weeks ago or probably a few more than, more than a couple of weeks ago now that that would be the best fit. And you could see that Sean Payton had the, the itch to scratch, I suppose, and get back in the NFL as a head coach. So... What a landing spot for him. and 100%. We'll see. We'll find out if it is a great landing spot for him. But, yeah, the Denver Broncos have lucked out there and, and got themselves a, a, a high-quality caliber coach. I, sure. I still think it's the best opportunity in the NFL for Sean Payton. I mean, there's, mm. you know, there, there are a bunch of teams. Obviously, you know, the elite teams, you know, the, the Niners, the Eagles, you know, these type of teams that are incredibly balanced offense and defense, uh, you know, are, are kind of perfectly set up for, for a Sean Payton given what he did with New Orleans, but outside of those guys that are pretty safe in their, in their coaches right now, you know, the Denver Broncos are, are the team, you know, they're incredibly talented. They haven't shown their potential on offense, on defense. We know how good they are. Uh, you know, so they're a little bit of, of New, uh, New Orleans light in, in Denver, but we said that we weren't going to cover all this sort of stuff uh, yeah. until after the Super Bowl, given it's Super Bowl week and we want to talk about the big game. So why don't we get stuck into uh into the Super Bowl. Let's get straight into it, mate. We'll we'll save all and park all that aside for another day. But let, like you said, let's let's really hone in and focus on the Super Bowl. And so we'll start with some talking points, betting trends, Super Bowl tidbits, I suppose. And I'll let you uh, give you the floor, mate, because you've come up with most of these, and um, there's some absolute nuggets in these for for the listeners. Well, everyone who's listened to this show over the last couple of years, probably over the last five or six years, knows that kind of coming into Super Bowl week. You know, we try and pick out a bunch of Super Bowl trends, whether they're you know winners trends or betting trends or, or whatever. So we've tried to do that again. And I'm going to start off with one here. The teams that score first in the Super Bowl have won the game 68% of the time. So between 2011 and 2019, all but one of the teams that scored first in the game went on to win. Uh, 29 of the first 45 Super Bowls saw the team that scored first win the game. The lone team between 2011 and 2019 not to score first and win. I think we can probably all guess what that one is, and that is the famous New England Patriots in 2017, uh, who, of course, were famously down 28-3 in the third quarter and went on to win the game. But uh, what have you got for us? Another big stat here for us, and it's a ridiculous um, cover, is that teams that win the Super Bowl are actually 47-7-2 and against the spread which is a coverage of 87%. So it, as we know, as as um, hunters and, and for those that like to, to dabble in that world, any bet that hits over 60% is is incredible, let alone 80% and almost 90 it, It's absolutely unheard of. So if you're confident in who will win the game, and especially in a game like this where it's almost a pick em and the and the, it's almost a coin flip, you have to bet them to cover as well because you know 87% of the time it'll tell you that the team that wins will also cover the spread. So we know it's an interesting one, this one as well, because I think when the markets first went up, Chiefs were the favourites. And I, I said straight away to you, I said, that's a that's a um, mistake. I thought the, the Eagles would certainly be favourites. So 
If you did get the Eagles at the plus, well done to you because they're definitely going to jump as favourites. It's going to be a, a very tight um, race, but it does look like the Eagles will start as favourites. So if you've got the plus two and a half or plus one and a half, whatever they were when they first opened, it was a good quick shift um, to the Eagles getting favouritism in it. It stayed pretty pretty steady since, hasn't it? You you were spot on. You you did say that to your credit, and and I was I was a bit wary because you know obviously. Anyone who knows me knows I don't like talking about Eagles odds and Eagles bets and all that sort of thing, and especially against the the, the Chiefs uh, and the, and the form that the Chiefs have been in, kind of through the second half of the season. Yeah, I really was was unsure, but no, you picked that, um, so well well called by you. But one here that uh, I think Chiefs fans will like is that since the two thousand Super Bowl, twelve instances, the coach with the Super Bowl experience is 7-5 straight up against coaches without a Super Bowl appearance. So Andy Reid, obviously been there a couple of times. He's had a, a loss with both the Eagles and the Chiefs. And obviously he's got that he's got that ring with the Chiefs as well. He's got the uh, the experience edge over Nick Sirianni, who has never coached in a Super Bowl before. Uh, so coaches with the experience against a, a, a non-experienced coach in the Super Bowl, 7-5 straight up. What do you think of that? Yeah, very interesting. I mean, it, it obviously... When you, when you think of grand finals and Super Bowls and, and big games like that, you want the experience on your side. But I suppose what we've seen with the trend there is that, you know, sometimes the, the old coaches or whatever can outthink themselves and the new new trend of, of young coaches can come in and, and get the job done. And, and obviously Nick Sirianni's um, had an incredible rise, I suppose, of, of building this team. And it's his team, absolutely. I mean, when he inherited it from Doug Peterson, he kind of changed everything or changed a lot. And he's, he's obviously tinkered with with some of the with the players and obviously the the development of Jalen Hurts can be accredited to to Sirianni as well so yeah he's done a, a marvelous job and um, the trend says that he might get the wood over uh, Andy Reid who of course he worked under in Kansas City once upon a time he did he did but no look I mean that the experience still still gets the chockies there even even though the inexperienced coaches have a decent record the the experienced coaches. Uh, have the have the wood slightly, so that's something for for Chiefs fans to hold on to. I think. What have uh, What have you got next? It's uh, around teams that allow the fewer points per game during the regular season have won the last seven Super Bowls, and they're also six and one against the spread. So, um, at this occasion, that was um, the Eagles. They uh, were, of course. Um, Oh, sorry. Yeah, it was the Eagles. Sorry. Yes. Um, 20 points per game in the regular season while the Chiefs allowed 21.7. So pretty close, but the Eagles we know have, um, I suppose you would, when you think of defense, you, you'd probably give the edge to the Eagles as well as the Chiefs have kind of performed this year, but um, the Eagles have so many weapons on that defensive line. So at the moment, they're the team that trends towards that and they've um, won the last seven Super Bowls, as I mentioned, the team that allows fewer points during the regular season. One for Eagles fans. Uh, the team that rushes for more yards in the Super Bowl historically wins and covers. Teams that win the rushing battle in the Super Bowl are an astonishing 39-14-3 against the spread, which is nearly 74%, and 41-15 straight up at 73%. So, yeah, pretty amazing record for you know the teams that, that win the running battle. And obviously we know that uh, the Eagles are, are an amazing running team in the regular season. We're fifth in the league at rushing at 147.6 rush yards per game. The Chiefs ranked 20th at 115.9 rushing yards per game. And uh, in the playoffs, 
in the postseason, it's amazing that the Eagles posting a wild 208 rush yards per game over their two games, while the Chiefs' average has dropped to just 93 yards per game. So that's a stat that bodes well for uh, for Eagles fans. Yeah, absolutely. So another another one for the Eagles there, and uh, we'll finish off with this one. Probably doesn't come down. Well, this one's not really a trend until the day of, but. You don't want to win this coin toss, apparently, in the Super Bowl because it has trended badly for those teams that have won the coin toss. So, you know, overall, it's 43%. So, obviously, below 50 that teams have, have won the Super Bowl um, after winning the coin toss. So, 43% of teams winning the coin toss have then gone on to win the Super Bowl. But in the last eight Super Bowls, if you go back to when the uh, Seahawks lost to the Patriots, of course, on that famous final play where they didn't hand Marshawn Lynch the ball, the team that has won the coin toss has lost the game eight times in a row. So if you like those kind of trends, um, maybe wait till uh, after the coin toss and then maybe get on an in-play in play game uh, bet there because, um, yeah, that trends badly for the teams that have won the coin toss in recent seasons. Yeah, amazing. I guess we, we get into, you know, the, the two conferences. Uh, you know, every year we talk about, you know, which conference has the edge in, in Super Bowl victories. Right now, the NFC is up 29-27 over the AFC straight up. But over the last 10 Super Bowls, the AFC has gone 7-3 against the spread at 70% and 6-4 and straight up 60%. The NFC to cover, the NFC teams to cover in that period over the last decade with the 2013 Seahawks, the 2017 Eagles and the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, any more Super Bowl stats or trends that you've got for us, mate? No, look, and and on all those times that the um, those NFC teams did cover, I think they were the underdog. Um, well, I know for sure that the 2017 Eagles were the underdog. We know the 2020 mm-hmm. Buccaneers were. I can't quite recall if the Seahawks um, were favourites. I oh, know they wouldn't have been. They wouldn't have been. They they smashed the Broncos, didn't they? And the Broncos, we know, would have gone in heavy favourites in that one as well with Peyton Manning and. Of course, he got his revenge a couple of years later, or his Super Bowl title in Denver a couple of years later. But uh, they would have gone in as the underdogs there too. So three NFC cover, covered um, in the last 10 years have always been the underdog. So um, if you think think of that as you will, um, the NFC, obviously, this year is, is going to go in as favourites. Thankfully. Uh, just quickly, we've got some... Well, I don't know if that bodes well. <laughs> well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, but... Uh, I mean, it, it depends if you look at overall trends or recent trends. I guess that's the that's the that's the <laughs> sticking point, and that's and that's where we get you know w- with trend betters. That's where yeah. some of the issues lies. They're just they are just trends. They don't actually mean anything about what's coming next. It's only historical stats. So you know, it's one of the things that you got to keep an eye of, obviously. But uh, a couple of little coaching tidbits that I thought you guys might be interested with, and one that I found. Uh, Nick Sirianni is 21 and three straight up. That's 87 and a half percent as a head coach, as a favorite, both regular season and playoffs. He goes at 87 and a half percent as a favorite with the Philadelphia Eagles, which is an incredible stat. Uh, and just one for you, Ryan, Nick Sirianni is four and zip straight up as a head coach when the spread is pick em. Or a one to three point favorite with Philadelphia. Four and zip has never lost when they're Pickham or a one to three point favorite. Incredible record. I mean, obviously, it shows you how well prepared he is for those kind of games where 
They're expected to win. 21-3 and three is an incredible um, record in, in any result, any game, let alone as when you're favourites. And it's we know it's hard to win sometimes as as a favourite. But the one that, yeah, that one really stands out to me. 4-0 against the spread and 4-0 straight up uh, in these kind of games where it's one to three points and they're really tight. So he, and of course, this is going to be one of those games. So, you know, he's got an incredible record under that. And, and one to, um, on the other flip side of that, Andy Reid, not as, um, not so lucky in those kind of games. So he's actually 25 and 30 uh, straight up as a head coach. And in those kind of games, one to three point underdogs. Uh, that's obviously what we're playing on with the Lions here with the, with the Eagles one and a half point favorites. So, Andy Reid has, hasn't been as successful in those kind of pick and flip, coin flip kind of games. So 25 and 30 up against four and zip. Obviously, it's a lot larger sample size for Andy Reid. He's been mm. around forever. But, and and that does uh, that, that does cover his, his Philadelphia Eagles head coaching course, stint too. Yeah. So, you know. On the flip side, though, he, is, he has got above 50% and almost 55% when uh, against the spread in those kind of games as well. 28, 23 and four pushes. So um, 55% there for Andy Reid. Against the spread hey, I'll, compared I'll, to Nick Sirianni's one hundred. I'll I'll take uh, I'll take Sirianni dropping a game against the spread if it means that the Eagles win by a point and uh, and Andy Reid keeps his <laughs> keeps his positive his positive uh, streak against the spread. But uh, no, Andy Reid. Generous of you. Well, look, hey, I, I like to give one back to the people. You know, the people that deserve it. No, I, I love Andy Reid. Great bloke, great coach, great fella. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? Like, I mean, it's almost like um, shooting Bambi in a way for Philly supporters because you've got to beat one of your own, really, in when it that, comes well, to that's right, you know, yeah. this contest. And be happy for, for Andy Reid to beat 30 other teams. That's right, yeah. And I like the respect for the Eagles, well, the Eagles franchise has for Andy Reid still, still stands. And, of course, um, you know, I'm sure they want him in everything to, to in their um, living being for him to lose this week. But, um, you know, it, it is kind of almost going against your uh, a father figure, isn't it? In it a is way. a bit. That's, it is uh, a bit. He, he is kind of the, the, you know, the godfather of this Eagles team. I mean, yeah. in, in some ways, I know it's been, it's been a while since he was in Philly, but he kind of mm-hmm. you know, led the way for, you know, first it was Chip Kelly for that period, which didn't really work, but, but, you know, Doug Peterson went back to, to kind of Andy Reid ways when, when he came in and, and obviously took, took the Eagles to a Super Bowl and, and Nick Sirianni has kind of put his own spin on that same sort of, you know, coaching, coaching mantra. But your one for the Chiefs fans is that, that Andy Reid is 21 and 16 straight up, which is nearly 57% as a head coach in all playoff games across both his Eagles and Chiefs career as a head coach. So, you know, that, that is despite that you know, losing record in that one to three point underdog kind of scenario, uh, you know, he's got a very positive record. Uh, in playoff games. So, you know, that is one for, for Chiefs fans to hold on to. This one, not so much for Chiefs fans because, and it's very rare that the Chiefs go in as an underdog in any game, let alone a playoff game. We know the dominance that they've had in recent seasons. They've won seven straight AFC West titles. They've hosted the AFC Championship game five years in a row. We know how dominant they've been, right? But only twice have the Chiefs gone in underdogs in the playoffs under Andy Reid. And on both occasions, they've lost. They're 0-2 straight up Uh-oh. in games such as that. And, of course, they are underdogs in this one. Um, and, of course, Andy Reid against the spread in those games, 0-1-1. and one. So we had, did have one push, but the net result is two losses from Uh-oh. those two games as, as underdogs. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. But, but, Andy Reid. <laughs> Andy Reid is three and zip against the Eagles. 
you know, Godfather Andy Reid is three and yes. zip against the Eagles. <laughs> He's tough to beat. He's tough to beat. He is, and I wanted you to read that out. And I know you that's, did. Uh, that's um, that's a really interesting stat for me because obviously they haven't come across, they don't cross paths too much. Obviously, mm. interconference teams only usually play each other once every four or so years, depending on, of course, playoff matchups and things like that, and and whatnot. Uh, well, it have to be Super Bowl if it's interconference. But look, I think, yeah, it's an interesting one because obviously Andy Reid has vowed. I mean, probably vowed to never lose to the Eagles again. I mean, I'm sure, and it didn't end badly in Philly for him. But um, no, yeah, I think the teams have, are so different now, and um, I don't think that you can read too much into that. But it's a nice little gem there for for those betting nuggets. Well, it is, and and you know, it's not. Yeah, I think coaches coaches are one of those breeds where they're so determined, and and you know, Eagles fans on the on the flip side saw how determined Nick Sirianni was to beat the Colts. You know, when you know, the week after Frank Reich had been sacked at Indianapolis, Nick, you know, Sirianni was the, the offensive coordinator at, at Indy under Frank Reich. Yeah, it meant so much to him for the Eagles to beat the Colts. And, and I'm sure that it means a lot to, to Andy Reid. Um, Andy Reid loves the Eagles as much as Eagles fans love Andy Reid. But I'm sure he would, he'd love every time they, they come up against the Eagles, he would love to beat them. And, uh, you know, it's not surprising. They've had an incredible team and, yeah, three zip against the Eagles is is yeah. The Eagles haven't been bad during that period. There have been a couple of years where they haven't been great, but they haven't been awful. Uh, so you know to have it to, to have never lost. You know he left the Eagles in what 2015? 2015? To have never lost. It's only you know, three appearances in, in in a decade, but you know never never lost. I'm sure that means something to him, and and he'll want that streak to continue. Something. Else that uh, I think Chiefs fans will want to hold on to is that Patrick Mahomes is seven, uh, sorry, six and three straight up as a starter, as an underdog in his career. Uh, obviously, like you said, it's not often that the Chiefs are underdogs. Uh, it's not often that Patrick Mahomes is the underdog, but he's six and three straight up as a starter, as an underdog over his career. Seven, one and one against the spread. It's 87 and a half percent. And interestingly, in those games, in those nine games, the over has hit in six of them, which I don't, I don't know if it says a whole lot, but it could say that you know, maybe that when Mahomes is the underdog, that he kind of plays with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. What do you think? Oh, I, I agree. And I think he's certainly a guy that has that kind of demeanor where he, he, he needs to prove people wrong if, he, if he's not at that level. And, and the, the, he, when you're that good and you've got that kind of – I suppose in a drive determination, that's kind of where the best can get them the best out of themselves. I suppose, and we saw it, you know, throughout Michael Jordan's career and stuff like that. And Patrick Mahomes, you know, realistically is is the most likely kind of heir apparent to a to a Michael Jordan in, in the NFL, of course. So, I mean, uh, be remiss of us quickly while we while we are touching on Michael Jordan, to, not to mention the great. LeBron James's feet today, incredible to witness <laughs> that, and um, you know he's my goat in for, for what it's worth, and um, probably digress. I'm digressing there, but Patrick Mahomes is certainly built that way that he, um, you know, he has that chip on his shoulder. He needs to prove that he's the best. Obviously, um, I think he certainly played like that against the Bengals last week. When you know how much talk there was about Joe Burrow kind of being. The owner of Patrick Mahomes having never beaten Burrow, he was going into Burrowhead and whatever else they were saying. And, um, you know, I think 
his teammates kind of showed and Travis Kelsey showed that that would have meant something to Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't kind of, he's not the outspoken guy that would, would talk about that, but yeah, that inner drive for him and um, him being a little bit disrespected this week in the fact that the Chiefs aren't favourites. Yeah, I think he probably will come out and play with a chip on his shoulder for sure. It, it's it's a really interesting point and it's not, we, we didn't, we haven't planned to talk about the, the championship games, but we haven't spoken about them since. So, I mean, it was really interesting to hear you know, I was listening to Travis Kelsey and, and Jason Kelsey on the New Heights podcast talking about kind of that reaction to the, the Chiefs beating the Bengals and, and how much feeling there was about the whole concept that, you know, the Bengals are, are owning the Chiefs and, and you know, Burrowhead and the Cincy, the Cincinnati mayor that, you you know, you talked about a couple of weeks ago, you know, going into that, that week saying we need to do a paternity test on uh, Patrick Mahomes to see if Joey Burrow is his father. Like all it, this sort of stuff was was just like bonkers. Like this stuff was crazy. And and for what it's worth, I put my hand up. I, I thought the Bengals would win um, for a lot of those reasons that, you know, over the, the last two years, I thought the Bengals had, had kind of owned the Chiefs. But, you know, it clearly, clearly, and, and they got a bit of luck towards the end. Obviously that, that kind of penalty that, that brought the – the final uh, field goal, fifteen yards closer, and, and what they got a bit of luck, but you know the, the Chiefs were very good. They were very good, and, and you could kind of see that. You know, Mahomes was playing with that with that drive to kind of get it back. You know, he didn't like that the talk about Burrowhead and and you know all that sort of stuff, uh, and and clearly it meant a fair bit to the Chiefs. But uh, yeah, it's it's a really interesting, really interesting kind of concept for for Mahomes to kind of come out with that extra drive if he's not you know, expected to win. Without further ado, mate, let's let's get into it. Let's get into our analysis of the big game. Remember, though, of course, if you do like the show, please give us a rating and a review on Facebook and iTunes or wherever you listen. Uh, please tweet us, comment, engage with us as much as possible. Uh, of course, we're across all socials, including TikTok. So if you want to catch us there, you can. But, uh, of course, tweet us. Um, comment on Instagram, Facebook. We'd love to chat to you in the lead up to the Super Bowl. But let's get stuck in, mate. Monday morning, 10.30 a.m. our time, Kansas City versus Philadelphia Eagles. Two number one seeds in the uh, AFC and NFC going to toe-to-toe. First time that's happened since 2017, of course, when Philly were last in the big dance. Uh, this time it is in the State Farm Stadium in Arizona. Kansas City, uh, the plus one and a half, Philly minus one and a half, total 50 and a half. And of course, I'll just give you one one more stat before we head into it. Whoever wins this game will have had more wins in that stadium in Arizona than the Cardinals did all year. <laughs> Both Kansas City and Philly beat Arizona in Arizona this year. And the Cardinals won one home game all year. So <laughs> think about that. Oh my God. I uh, I did not see that coming. I did not see that coming. That's amazing. That is amazing, especially when you consider what the Cardinals have done over the last couple of years. That is amazing. Do you want to do you, you want to keep going with that or no? There, that's nothing. There's nothing else to add to that. Literally, that will be the case. Like both the Chiefs and Eagles won in Arizona this year, and um, of course, if they win this game, that'll be two wins, which will be one more than what Arizona won all year in their own. <laughs> well. Grand. No, I mean, no wonder people are walking out of the uh, the Cardinals. I mean, we we saw AJ Green retired yesterday. There's, yes. there's been a bunch of dudes walking out of walking out of Arizona. But uh, oh, yeah, look, you're right. The, sorry, mate. I'm sorry. Seems <laughs> you you have you've thrown me there. You've thrown me there. I was not expecting that. I didn't see that coming, and uh, I love it. 
That's great. But no, you're right. I mean, they are the two best teams all year, the two number one seeds, which doesn't happen very often. You know, it's the dynasty. It's the it's the Kansas City, Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid dynasty uh, against the rebuilt challenger from the NFC. It's the MVP against the youngster. It's the arm against the legs. I mean, there's so many narratives here. The legend, Andy Reid against the old team. We've already touched on. He couldn't quite get that title with Philadelphia. Nick Sirianni coached at Kansas City under Todd Haley. Yeah, a decade ago, I mean, it's there's, there are so many storylines. A bunch of these guys on opposing teams played high school football together, played college football together. Oh, it's 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 just an amazing game. It's it's a matchup that I haven't, I probably haven't looked as forward to a matchup. Oh, I don't know, maybe maybe the original Chiefs Niners uh, a couple of years ago, maybe the Denver Carolina game eight nine years ago. Uh, there's been a bunch of games, but you know this this matchup is kind of a matchup for the ages. You know the the two best teams all year matching up in the biggest game of the year. The Chiefs have the best player in the game, maybe the best player on the planet right now in Patrick Mahomes. And when Patrick Mahomes is on song, the second best player on the field is generally Travis Kelsey. So it's it it goes without saying that the Chiefs could very well go into this game with the two best players on the field. Chris Jones led the Chiefs with 15 and a half sacks and has the ability to be the third best player on the ground as well. But that, I think, for me, is where it stops for the Chiefs. And for what it's worth, that's generally enough to beat almost every other team in the competition, especially at home. You know, at Arrowhead, they're almost unbeatable. But they'll beat most teams in general, just with those three guys being on song. If you have the three best players on the ground, generally you win games of football. But this is the Super Bowl, and it's entirely possible that even with those three players being the three best players on the field, all being Kansas City players, that the Eagles potentially round out the top 10 and maybe even the top 15 with the next elite players across the franchises on both sides of the ball. Check this out. Season-long PFF grades on offense. Jalen Hurts is the fourth-ranked quarterback. A.J. Brown, the fourth-ranked wide receiver. Devontae Smith, the 16th-ranked wide receiver. Dallas Goddard, the fourth-ranked tight end. Miles Sanders, the 27th-ranked running back. And that's just the skill players. Uh, still on offense, Jason Kelsey, the second-ranked center. Lane Johnson, the seventh-ranked offensive tackle. Isaac Somalo, the seventh-ranked guard. Jordan Mailata, Aussie, Aussie boy, the 16th-ranked tackle. Landon Dickerson, the 23rd ranked guard. And then on defense, that's not all on defense. Brandon Graham, the fifth ranked edge, edge with 12 sacks. Josh Sweat, the seventh ranked edge with 12 and a half sacks. Hassan Reddick, defensive player of the year candidate, the 21st ranked edge with 19 and a half sacks on the year. Javon Hargrave, the 12th ranked defensive tackle with 12 sacks. TJ Edwards, the second ranked linebacker. And that doesn't even count Fletcher Cox, James Bradbury, CJ Gardner-Johnson, and Darius Slay. I mean, there is an insane level of balanced talent and production across every line of the Philadelphia Eagles, which, you know, as an Eagles fan is in equal terms worrying and exciting because you never want to bet the Eagles. You, like, you can't be confident about Eagles wins, but I'll tell you what, it's exciting coming into this game knowing that if it's not the offense, it's the defense. If it's not the quarterback, it's the running back. If it's not the running back, it's the receivers. If it's not the the defensive line, it's the the corners and the safeties and the secondary. Like it's just 
it's hard to count the Eagles out no matter what the game script is doing, no matter what the situation is, there is talent on every single line of the Eagles that you know, outside of maybe the Niners. And even then you look at what the Eagles did to the Niners without talking about what happened to Brock Purdy and James Johnson and you know, all these, all these guys, you know, the Niners are still incredibly talented. Uh, I'm not sure there's a, there's a franchise, there's a squad like the Eagles in the NFL at the moment. In the Chiefs' worst games of the season, it was running backs that they struggled against on defense. Josh Jacobs, 21 carries, 154 yards. Devin Singletary, 17 carries, 85 yards, each averaging over four and four and a half yards per carry. Success rate of 62.5% or better. We know the Eagles love to run the ball. They love to run the ball. They're the number one rushing offense by an absolute mile. It's an enormous difference between the number one rushing offense and the number two rushing offense in Baltimore. And the Chiefs' defense ranks 15th in DVOA against the run. And I think that this is essentially where the differences lie in the two franchises. Both teams incredibly dynamic on offense. The Chiefs, the, the number one DVOA offense. They're the number one offense in the game. It's not even close. They're led by the most efficient passing attack in the league. They're coming up against the number three DVOA offense uh, with the legs that never stops. The Eagles also a really good offense and maybe not the same type of offense as the Chiefs. Maybe they're not as offensive. Uh, maybe they're not as efficient as the Chiefs and, and Mahomes at the quarterback position, but you know, it's tough to stop them. They've got runners everywhere you go, everywhere you look. You know, they're, they're really tough to stop, but it's on the other side that I think the difference is the Eagles have the number three ranked defense on the season, the number one ranked passing defense through 19 games, while the Chiefs sit at just 17th with the 18th ranked rush defense against the, the number one rushing offense. Now, everyone says, and I'm sure that uh, you know there are listeners out there, all you have to do is jump on Twitter to see fans of every other franchise tell me that the Eagles haven't faced an offense like Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City, and they're right. The Eagles haven't faced an offense like the Chiefs this season, but the Chiefs haven't faced a defense quite like the Eagles either. It's an incredible matchup, and given my no Eagles game bets rule is void here because it's the Super Bowl and there's only one game, there's only two teams, I've got no choice but to go with my Philadelphia Eagles, the Super Bowl champions, the Eagles. Philadelphia, covering the spread like we talked about at the top of the show, the Super Bowl winners generally cover their spread. So the Eagles, minus one and a half, is my uh, play of the game. What have you got for us? Oh, mate. Tough act to follow, but uh, I'll do my best and try and break it down. You're, you're the man with all the, the knowledge of DVOA, and I certainly won't go into that much depth, but um, incredible analysis I, as always, mate. I, I need a drink now, so excuse me. <laughs> while, uh, I'll, I'll leave this bit to you. I'm going to go drink a barrel. Yeah, I, like, I think you hit the nail on the head firstly in, in the um, – in the opening little part of that was that it's the two best teams all year, the two number one seeds, the um, the incredible the incredible teams. We've got the MVP versus, you know, what some some arguably some being the man sitting across this Zoom from me think could have been the MVP of the season, and rightly so because look, he probably is the MVP. We saw how much the Eagles struggled without him, and he's been pretty lights out in the two playoff games he's played this season, and you know they've both been. Dominant, dominant wins for the Eagles. But despite both finishing, obviously, at the top of their conferences, these teams have taken two different paths to to defining this matchup and, and getting to where they have. Obviously, the Eagles, like I mentioned, have been completely dominant in their two postseason games, defeating the Giants and the 49ers by a combined 55 points. 
again, as Nick mentioned, you know, you don't need to go into the game script too much to see that it was a blowout in the against the 49ers, which might not have been the case if if other factors didn't go the way. But the the truth is the Eagles got it done. They they were the dominant team. They completely owned the Niners on defense and of course, they did the same to the Giants. And, and you know, they got off to hot starts in both games and, and didn't look back. So, well done to the to the Eagles. And, and meanwhile, the Chiefs have kind of had to do it a lot tougher. I mean, they, they fought their way to a single possession win over the Jags. And, and, you know, they weren't overly troubled against the Jags, but it was only a seven-point win in the end. And the Jags hung around long enough for the Chiefs to potentially make a mistake, but it wasn't to be. And we know what, you know, there would have been some really nervous um, Chiefs fans when we saw Patrick Mahomes go down, but he battled back. He uh, he had the little break. He got up and, and played the Bengals. And despite kind of, um, you know, all those ankle issues and I suppose the Bengals being the hot hand and, and being the dominant team and, and a team that both Nick and I thought would go on and win that game, Patrick Mahomes showed that inner toughness and, and was incredible throwing for 326 yards, two touchdowns. And of course, the, the game-winning run, um, we know there was a, a big penalty um, on um, on the Cincinnati defender. His name escapes me now because completely forgotten about it. But um, yeah, that was uh, incredible. You know, smarts to firstly to get out of bounds and, and make that run and get to a, a more manageable position for Harrison Butker. But of course, the uh, the fifteen yards meant that the Super Bowl. Uh, the, the Chiefs were back in the Super Bowl and, mm. you know, they'll be making its first, uh, its third appearance in the last four years. So they've been the dominant team in the NFL over that span. If they do only have one Super Bowl to show for that, it would be in a failure. As simple as that. I mean, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, the like, they've been the dominant team. But if they've only got one ring to show for it, um, yeah, it's, it's a big hole to fill for, for Chiefs fans because we don't know how long that's going to last, especially in the NFL. So they need to win it this time around. The Eagles, of course, uh, are back in the big dance for the first time since um, that incredible game against the Patriots, which will be remembered of all, of of course, for the Philly special and, and Nick Foles, who most likely won't be in the league next year, let's be honest, but uh, he was the Super Bowl MVP. No, I don't know. He's got, he's got Eagles backup written all over him. Oh, you want him back at the Eagles, dear. <laughs> he was a bad, bad third stringer this year. So we'll see how that kind of plays out. But, um, of course, one story Brian, we probably haven't touched on either is it's Travis and Jason Kelsey, who are arguably the two best players of their position, respective The positions. Kelsey Bowl. The Kelsey, the Kelsey Bowl. Bowl. There was a petition for their mum to flip the coin. Um, but knowing what the, the coin toss has done to the – or the curse of the coin toss, I don't really want Mrs. Kelsey out there <laughs> because she's um, – the winner of that coin toss will lose the game. So we don't want her to do that to her sons. But look, incredible <laughs> – to have the first two brothers sets of brothers face off in Super Bowl history. This is number 62, I believe. So incredible that it's never happened before. We know that would have, you know, it's, it is a rare thing, but for the, for, for the be the first time, um, yeah, quite an incredible achievement in itself. And of course, Andy Reid gets to coach against his former team, um, having led the Eagles to nine playoff appearances in his 14 seasons at the helm in Philadelphia. So, what more can I say? I mean, it's it's going to be an incredible game. Um, the Chiefs, though, have won their last ten games against NFC opponents. It's it's a game. It's a conference that they've owned over recent seasons. Um, the Eagles, as well, have failed to cover the line in each of their last five games at State Farm Arena, uh, State Farm Stadium in Arizona. We know I mentioned that they they did beat the Arizona Cardinals this season, but it was a close game, and 
think they only won by three, which of course didn't cover the spread. Uh, and the other trend for the Eagles is that their last six postseason games have actually gone under the total points points match line. And now I'm predicting the overs in this, in fact, and and I think the money mm. has come for the overs because it is um, a little bit shorter than the unders now at fifty and a half. It does look a good play to be the overs. I think it, it would be a free flowing game. I think both teams will will try and run the ball early and and run the ball well. They will, and uh, I think that'll set the game up for some passing later in the game for it to be a bit more of a high-scoring shootout, and, and let's hope that's the case because I, I I myself do think the Eagles will win. Um, I, I'm loath to kind of tip them at the at the line. I know we've said if the if you win, they usually cover, but I just don't want to have that bad juju on you, mate. I don't want to be predicting the Eagles to win and, and then <laughs> for them to not cover. So I'll, I'll just pick the overs as my official play uh, for this game, but I think it'll be a high-scoring shootout and a, and a thrilling contest. And, and similar to what we saw last year, I know that quite didn't get to 50 points, but that was a really good game. If, if both teams can score three or four touchdowns each, um, we're in for a treat. So let's hope that that's the case and we can get near that that total points line of 50 and a half. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just... I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you on the overs there. I think, you know, I think there's enough. We've seen enough from both offenses. We know that they can both put up points. We know that the Eagles can put up points against decent defenses. You know, they did against the, the the Niners last week or two weeks ago. We know that the, the Chiefs can put up points against anybody. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you on that uh, that overs there. Yeah, well, let's let's like I said, let's hope it's the case. But um, do you want to run through some of the picks? I suppose I can start with mine if you want. Um, I've gone the winner as Philly, uh, and of course the spread will be Philly as well, minus one and a half. As mentioned, I think the overs is the best play if you wanted to just have one bet on a result, and I think I'll be doing that. So total is over 50.5 for me. My MVP is Jalen Hurts, um, going out on a limb there with the quarterback of the winning team <laughs> potentially, but obviously it's um, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes dominate that market. But um, my smoky for MVP will be AJ Brown. I think he will have a, a really big game, one or two catches, uh, one or two touchdowns, and um some big time catches might get him the gig if Jalen Hurts is kept a bit quieter with his feet, but um, that's my kind of roughy for MVP. My first touchdown is Dallas Goddard, the uh, tight end. I really wanted to put um, Jalen Hurts as the first touchdown scorer, but um, but I noticed that he was actually the favorite, so I, I, I steered yeah, away from that. Yeah. And I've gone for the tight end, fourteen dollars for Dallas Goddard to get on the end of a Ooh. first touchdown. Oh, I'll um, I'll stop you there because I think I think that's that's a good kind of good stopping point because we, we've got a bunch of other things. We've got some kind of, you know, the Super Bowl novelties mm. and, and some props and, and that sort of thing, so we, which we might cover off kind of at, at the, at, end, at the yeah. end of the show. But um, I'm kind of with you on on pretty much most of that. I, I mean, I, I kind of agree. The Eagles, dollar eighty, yeah, you know, probably should be pick them. But, uh, I, you know, I've got, the, I've got the Eagles as well. I've got the Eagles at the line, uh, minus one and a half. Uh, I've got the the total is over with you, you know, over over fifty and a half, and I'm the same. I've gone Jalen Hurts. I think, you know, if if the Eagles are going to win, then you know, Jalen Hurts is going to play a massive part of that. I've I've got a couple of long shots like you. I've gone Miles Sanders with a long shot at at twenty one dollars because I think, you know, the running game is where the Eagles have that big difference. You know, they are the league's best running offense against. A team that's potentially below average 
run defense and, and we know that the Eagles love to run. So they're going to run the ball a lot. I, I do think that Jalen Hurts is going to run a lot of the ball himself. You know, I think, like you said, you know, I would have, would have liked to take Jalen Hurts' first touchdown, but I'm not sure that there's much value there uh, with him being the favorite. Um, I, I do think that he's going to run it a fair bit. But, you know, last week we saw that Miles Sanders took a, a, a fair chunk of those high leverage, uh, you know, run plays and and you know he, he crossed for for a score twice um he only had 11 11 carries or 12 carries for, for the game i think for some 40 40 yards or, or something like that but um you know they gave him those high leverage high leverage run plays and and they ran with it so you know, if he gets a couple of couple of those under his belt early and and gets into a bit of a groove i can kind of see the eagles sticking with miles sanders and you know using him to run the ball rather than rather than jalen hurts and if so, then then there's huge value with Miles Sanders for, for MVP at twenty one dollars. The other one is Hassan Reddick, which I, I couldn't quite believe that he's at twenty six dollars for for MVP. My greatest Super Bowl pick came off in twenty fifteen. Von Miller took out the Super Bowl MVP at twenty six dollars. Uh, last year I went Aaron Donald for the same reason. He was fourteen bucks. He's the, their best player. Uh, you know, most valuable player. And I stand by the fact that he was the MVP in last year's Super Bowl and should have won it, even though Cooper Cup took it home. Uh, if the Eagles win, then like I said, Jalen Hurts and, and his all-round game, both with his arm and his legs, are going to play a massive part in that. So he's deservedly the favorite. But if the Eagles win, then I think that that Philadelphia defense is also going to have to play a massive part. And Hassan Reddick has been the biggest piece in in that success all season. You know, they've had 75 sacks, which is second all time for uh, both combined regular and postseason sacks. That I think it's five off the all-time record. Uh, and he's led the pack. He, he's led the pack with 16 sacks o- over the season. He's had another three and a half sacks in just two postseason games. That's the value, I think, is that Hassan Reddick, you know, can get to Patrick Mahomes, can get through that offensive line uh, in Kansas City. And, you know, if if he ends up with two sacks, then you know, a bunch of tackles and pressures and, and QB hits and all that sort of stuff, then, you know, he, he's a big shot for, for Super Bowl MVP. And, and if that happens, then the Eagles are a big shot to win it. And and in both cases, $26 seems value there. So I think that there's uh, there's kind of – I think we're, we're both kind of set on Jalen Hurts and, and understandably favorite $2.25. He's very short. I think Mahomes is – even at two twenty five for for Super Bowl MVP or thereabouts, so understandably, you know that they are the understandable favorites. They are the, the the two leaders of of both franchises, and you know, no matter who, if if the Chiefs win, then obviously Mahomes is the favorite to win that. If if the Eagles win, obviously Jalen Hurts is the favorite to win that for so many reasons. But I think you know, I think you've got you've got a long shot there. I've got Sanders and, and Reddick. I think that that they're all kind of they're all kind of decent long shots. Speaking of long shots, and, and just quickly, if there was an MVP award given out for the conference championship, Hassan Reddick would have certainly won that for the Eagles. He was absolutely dominant uh, against the Niners. A uh, couple of long shots, as you mentioned. I like um, a few here. Uh, Travis Kelsey or Dallas got it. If you combine the tight ends there, you get 450 for either one of them to score a, uh, the first touchdown of the game. And another one I liked was Jerick McKinnon. So you can get 50... For 50-plus yards, you can get $7, and for 60-plus, you can get 11 And I just thought, I know we know Jerick McKinnon's a bit more of a, a pass catcher out of the backfield there of screenplays, but I, I think he can he can obviously tear off a big run, and that'll get you a long way to, to, 
to, to salute him there. And, and I think they'll trust him a lot with the ball early in the game. Isaac Pacheco, he's, he's more explosive. We know the rookie, but he has had the case of um, the fumbles this year, especially early in the season. He had a lot of um, drops and fumbles and, and, and a couple of punt returns that he dropped. So I think they'll just trust the the old head of Jerick McKinnon and, and maybe get hit ball in his hands early. So if he could peel off a, a 20, 30 yard run, that goes a long way to, to getting that rushing total. So you can either play the, the seven bucks, uh, which is at fifty plus, or um, go up to eleven dollars for sixty plus. I thought there were a couple of good um, long shots and some extreme long shots. Firstly, in any time touchdown multi for Jalen Hurts, Travis Kelsey, who are the two favourites on their respective teams. Then you add in Philly D at eight fifty, and you get forty eight dollars. Love it for those three before a boost, Love it, uh, which I think comes up to about fifty six. Um, so I thought that's a nice little anytime touchdown multi hurts Kelsey and Philly D. And then of course you have to play the Super Bowl script. We've heard a lot about the scripts in the NFL, the NBA, <laughs> everywhere over the last week or so. And for the Super oh, Bowl Thank you, Arian Foster. Thank you, Arian Foster. For the Super Bowl script to go to plan, that's an Eagles thirty seven thirty four victory over the Chiefs. That is eighty one dollars. Um our good friends at Sports Better offering that up. So you can jump on the Super Bowl script at 81 to 1, but I'm sure that won't last because we know there'll be a few punters keen on that. You're right. I, I love it. I think it's great. I think, I mean, the, the three-point win is, is you know, it, it's, it's, it happens so regularly that, you know, I think it can, it, it, it's likely to happen uh, in a game as close as this with two teams as good as these two teams. You know, it's going to, I think it's going to be close. Uh, and to get 81 bucks, I mean, that's, it's, that's a, an offensive battle. Hopefully we, we get that cause that'd be so entertaining, but, uh, I like a lot of those. I like a lot of, and I've gone pretty similar to be honest, cause my, uh, my long shot, uh, or one of my long shots was the Travis Kelsey and Miles Sanders first touchdown combo. Uh, cause like you said, you know, Travis Kelsey is the, he's the go-to guy on the, on the Chiefs offense, Miles Sanders, like we've touched on, you know, they're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball hard. They're going to run the ball early. Um, and that they trusted him in those high leverage uh, situations. So Travis Kelsey or Miles Sanders first touchdown at $4.20. Uh, I like Darius Slay to record an interception at $6.20. Essentially had never been in the playoffs before. Uh, clearly never been in the, in the Super Bowl before, but you know, loves to talk the talk and, and he does it. He can talk the talk because he walks the walk too. And, you know, this is kind of the perfect situation to, uh, you know, to 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 record an interception, and um, you know, if anyone's going to do it, it's Darius Slay. Another one that I kind of liked, you know, I, I know we've talked about this being close in a three point game, uh, you know, with your with your game script bet at eighty one bucks, but I kind of talked myself into a into an Eagles win here, and the potential for the Eagles ground game to to kind of get pumping and run over the top of, you know, I, I like that, that, that dynasty team that I mentioned before, they've been, they've been up and about for seven years. They've been around the mark for seven years. They've, they've hosted the AFC championship game for five years. Yeah. They've been in multiple Super Bowls. They've won a ring. You know, are, are they getting to that point where it's kind of, they're at the end of that dynasty and uh, you, know, you don't want to bet against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and Andy Reid and all that sort of stuff. But, They've been around for a long time. The Philadelphia Eagles to win by eleven to twenty six dollars twenty five. I thought was uh... come on, mate. Hey, Calm look, down. it's called a long shot for a reason. It's called a long shot for yeah. a reason. Uh, you know, I thought it was worth a fiver. 
Uh, extreme long shots. Both teams to score two or more touchdowns in each half. If we can talk an offensive battle, if we're talking that game script that you mentioned, you know, 34, wow. 37, two touchdowns each in each half at $12. There's uh, a bit of value there. And Jack Stoll, this is a, an interesting one. Jack Stoll has uh, he's been around for a while. He's not obviously the starting tight end. He hasn't been the starting tight end unless there's an injury. Uh, but, you know, the uh, the Chiefs aren't great defending the tight end. They rank 19th in DVOA, uh, receiving defensive DVOA against tight ends. There could be some opportunities for uh, some two tight end sets out there in the red zone if uh, if Jalen Hurts can get them into the, into the end. Uh, and, you know, maybe Jack Stoll creeps in. We know that there are some weird receptions in Super Bowls. We saw Nick Foles catch a touchdown pass. We saw Tom Brady nearly catch a touchdown pass. So, you know, there are some weird things. And we know that Dallas Goddard is clearly the number one tight end in Philadelphia. But, you know, maybe there's a, a, there's a, a two tight end set up there in the uh, in the end zone, and uh, maybe he gets a target there. Yeah, don't mind it. Why not? Why not? Like you said, things are, are certainly um, against the script in the, in the Super Bowl. We know coaches like to save to save plays and things like that for um, for the big occasion. So yeah, I'd love to see your man Jack Stoll uh, walk into the touch um, walk into the end zone. That'd be pretty cool, especially if you're playing the twenty one bucks. All right, mate. Let's. Um, should we get into the novelties? I think we should. I think we should. Did we have we touched on just kind of general Actually, general props? Because I mean, you, you talked about Isaac Pacheco, and and you're right that uh, yeah, early in the year he was kind of played by played by drops. He had a couple. I think he had one uh, as a kick returner. He had a, had a pretty big drop that led to a touchdown. Uh, he had a couple of yep. drops uh, in the offensive game as well early in the year. But I think. He's been pretty solid in the second half of the year. They've given him more responsibility, no, more accountability, has, yes. and and he's been pretty solid. I thought his rushing line, his his rush yards line of forty six and a half yards was a touch low. He's gone over that three times in his last six. Uh, his last six, obviously the uh, AFC Championship game, he had twenty six yards. Before that, Jacksonville, ninety five yards against a pretty decent run defense. The week before in the divisional playoffs. Uh, sorry, uh, the last week against the, the Raiders, he had 64 yards. And then before that, Denver, another decent defense at 31 yards. And then before that, Seattle, 58 yards. So I thought his uh, his rush line, his rushing yards line of 46 and a half, maybe a touch low. Uh, Miles Sanders, as I mentioned before, anytime touchdown, $2.30. Travis Kelsey, for obvious reasons, anytime touchdown, around $2.00. Uh, and Miles Sanders, over 61 and a half rushing yards. Again, kind of dependent on whether they give him the ball and he, he makes it work early. But I think they're going to give him plenty of opportunities based on what he did last uh, a couple of weeks ago against San Francisco, that he'll get some of those high leverage uh, scenario runs. Uh, and, you know, if that works early, then they'll just keep feeding him because, you know, that, I think the Eagles feed the hot hand and whoever's performing well early tends to tends to get a fair bit of the burn. So they're kind of my, uh, my player props for the day Sanders anytime touchdown dollars thirty Travis Kelsey anytime around two dollars Miles Sanders his over at sixty one and a half and Isaiah Pacheco at over forty six and a half. What have you got? Yeah, I like all of those. Uh, and just on Pacheco, I think that's a really I think you have found a low line there, and it might be because Clyde edwards lair is back yeah. off IR this week. But I really don't think he will get 
much many snaps at all and, and won't be a factor in the run game with um, Jarek McKinnon and Pacheco kind of holding down the fort and doing a really good job since his absence, since he's been injured. But um, good to see, though, that Edwards-Lair is back off IR. Uh, for me, I went um, your man Jalen Hurts over 49.5 rushing yards, and that'll go a long way to him winning MVP if the Eagles are to win. Jalen Hurts will need to use his legs early as well. And uh, 49.5, it, it's a little bit high for a quarterback, we know, but we know the explosiveness of, explosiveness of Hurts. So... Uh, I think that 49.5 is well within his grasp. And if I if we can see the game kind of going the way we both do, uh, he'll go close to getting that. AJ Brown, who was my smoky for MVP, he'll have over 72.5 receiving yards. I think he'll be the absolute go-to weapon for Jalen Hurts in the air. I probably prefer the over 5.5 receptions as well, which is actually a touch better. I think you get over just over even money for that compared to the $1.90 for, for the yards. Um I think he'll get six catches quite comfortably. I think I'm predicting more like eight. Um, you could even go up to 10 with AJ Brown. I think he'll, he'll be um, really targeted a lot in this one. We know there's been a little bit of unrest, uh, especially after the Giants game, how he was barely involved. But they'll look often and look early for AJ Brown in the Super Bowl, I think. And he'll have a, a big say on how the Eagles go in that one. I think Quez Watkins as well, over 12 and a half receiving yards. Nice low line for him. And you can get over. Ooh. Mini. You can get over one and a half receptions for Quez Watkins. And he's actually recorded two or more receptions in eight of the Eagles' last 10 games against AFC opponents. So, um, yeah, I think he'll get a couple of catches and, and he easily hit that 12 and a half yards. Uh, and then the other one, the final one for me was um, Patrick Mahomes. His total rushing or total yards, uh, passing and rushing to be over 313. So we know he can use his legs as well, but that gives him just a little bit of extra um, as well. Um, but yeah, I think he'll be throwing for close to 300 yards and he'll do the rest with his legs. So 313 and a half yards, I think is a nice little play for passing and rushing for P Mahomes. Like it. Now there is, you mentioned Clyde Edwards-Alaire coming off the IR. There is another big name coming off the IR for this one. Now Aaron Sipos. Aaron Sipos hasn't played since week 14, I think, thir- week 13, that uh, that Giants game. Very uh, – well, it was a bit of feeling in that one. We saw as, mm. as he, he uh, gathered that muffed punt uh, and, and ran up the sidelines, got pushed over the line uh, into the, the hoarding or into the Giants kind of um, bench area. Uh, and there was a bit of heckling from the crowd, and he gave it back to the crowd, Giants fans. And uh, it was great to see, great to see the Aussie given the given the uh, the feeling back to the crowd, especially the Giants fans. And fuck Giants fans. So that was great. But uh, I reckon, I reckon Aaron Sipos comes straight back in for a Super Bowl. What do you think of that? Well, did you have the exclusive for us, mate? I hear. Well, um, look, you being I, I well connected at St Kilda, that um, of course Aaron Sipos being a former St Kilda player and he might have even talked, spoken or potentially will speak to our man Nick Splitter in the coming day or two. Full disclosure, I am trying to get a chat with uh, with Aaron on the record, but I will say this at 100%. Uh, he has not said to me that he's going to play this week. I haven't not. It's not an exclusive in that, in that sense. I just, I, in my bones, am 99% sure, based on watching Brett Kern over the last two mm. months, especially over the last couple of weeks, and you know, knowing what Aaron can do, uh, 
knowing how the coaching staff embraced him over the last couple of years since he came to Philly, I'm 99% sure that Aaron Sipos will play on Monday in the Super Bowl. It's a fantastic story if he can get up and play. Um, it'd be huge to have two Aussies in, in the one game, in the one team on the Super Bowl. Uh, incredible. Absolutely incredible. So let's hope Aaron can get up and, and play. And, and it could be the difference. We know, um, you know, the Panthers have got a huge, important part to play um, in the Super Bowl, of course, as well. So uh, if the Eagles can pin the Chiefs deep in their own territory, which which we know Aaron is very good at doing, um, that would be go a long way to, to helping the Philly Eagles get, um, get over the hump. So, yeah, let's hope we can have a chat to Aaron in the coming day or two and, and we'll certainly be posting it to our socials and, and keep you guys updated across it if we do get the chance to speak to Aaron Sipos. But um, it sounds like that he's going to play, which will be a huge, huge news story. And I thought you were going where you're going with that about coming off IR. You're going to go um, our Super Bowl halftime entertainment hero, Rihanna, who's been unsighted <laughs> for so long. She hasn't well, performed since I don't know what year. I, I was doing some research uh, over the last couple of days about Rihanna, and she's been in the wilderness. But um, she, of course, is playing the halftime, um, or she's the halftime entertainment. The best fun, I think, uh, is trying to pick her favorite or pick her opening song. And you've gone the favorite way. You've gone stay. Give us the reasoning why. Look, you've you've ruined my intro to this because now that we've gotten past the boring part of the show, we've gotten past the football part. We can get into the into the really interesting stuff and the stuff that matters. And and we've killed it. We've killed it in the uh, in the novelty props over the last couple of years. <laughs> we nailed it last year. Uh, but no, you're right. I'm going with it with the favorite. Although. Although, to my credit, it wasn't the favorite when I picked it. So it is now the favorite. So here's, here's my reasoning. And I did the same thing last year with, uh, with Dr. Dre. But Rihanna hasn't toured since 2016. Stay was right. the official opening track of the shows on that tour. So I used this same method with last year. Dr. Dre uh, was, you know, I think that he'd done, uh, next episode, he'd done two shows in like eight years uh, with a few of those guys, Snoop Dogg and Eminem and whatever, and both of those shows started with that, yeah. the next episode. And so that was my that was my method uh, that I got up at, at six dollars or six dollars fifty last year. I'm sticking with the tried and tested method. Stay is Rihanna's opening track, so I'm going with that. Stay is at two dollars fifty now, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't about a week ago. Uh, run this run this town, which is now at eight fifty, was the favorite. Opened at favorite got steamrolled by Stay and Don't Stop the Music last week, which made a big move in the markets, which is now into $5. Uh, but uh, right. look, I mean, performers, just like athletes and, and coaches or whatever, that they're, they're superstitious. They're superstitious. They get in a routine <laughs> and they stick to the routine. Reaches Rihanna's going to be comfortable with starting her set with Stay and uh, I'm going to stick with the favorite here. Yeah, you've convinced me. I'll change my tip, I think. Um, but I'll have a saver. I'll have a saver on mine. And mine is What's My Name for the fact that she's been missing in action for so long. And it's got that opening start where I had to do some research. I couldn't remember how it started, but it, it literally just starts with a bit of, oh, Nana, what's my name? And, and straight out, and I can just see her appearing, just telling the world, what's my name? Or asking that, asking the world. And $10, it's worth a saver on if you don't think it's going to be stay. Um, it might be worth having it a shekel on what's my name as well. But I think Nick's done the uh, all the hard work for us and, and picked the winner. 
Where where do you want to where do you want to go next? Do you want to go the anthem over and under, which is obviously a huge talking point every year ahead of the Super Bowl, over or under seconds uh, with the anthem, national anthem, or do you want to go the end of the show, the Gatorade bath, the Gatorade shower? Where do you want to go next? Anthem. As we start, we, we, we the the game will start with this. So this is the first official you know win you could have on the Super Bowl. So what do you think? Over or under, mate. Oh, look, I love I love Chris Stapleton. Tennessee Whiskey is one of my favorite songs of all time. It's one of my favorite bets. And, and I reckon I'm about 50-50 on this, you know, over the last kind of 15 years because it's so hard. There is no footage. I thought it was an absolute lock last year. I thought it was a lock too and got it wrong. But, you know, there is, there is no footage of Chris Stapleton singing the national anthem. It doesn't mean that he hasn't done it before because he has, but there's no footage out there of Chris Stapleton no singing footage. the national anthem, uh, which makes it so hard to bet. Uh, just a couple of little trends, but the anthem's gone over two minutes, seven seconds, which is the, uh, which is the line on the Aussie books. I think on some of the US books, you can get a couple of seconds shorter, two minutes, five, but only three times out of the last 16 Super Bowls the anthem's gone over two minutes seven. Country singers tend to go quick as well. Four of the nine shortest anthems since the 1990s were country singers. So country singers, you think of them as kind of slow moving and, you know, kind of drawl, dry, you know, but they sing the anthem quick. You know, real patriotic singers, the country singers. So they uh, they get through it quick, but it's Chris Stapleton. And he does love more than anybody else this kind of dramatic effect, slow burn, Loves a tune, Chris Stapleton. So I'm going to go against the grain here. Tennessee whiskey overs. I'm going over two minutes, seven seconds for Chris Stapleton and the National Anthem. What have you got? Well, I was shocked that the overs actually has been smashed because of the stats you just mentioned. It's been unders so often and so regularly. And the fact that you're getting an extra couple of seconds here on the Australian books, 127 seconds or two minutes, seven, whatever you want to look at it, under is the play it's it's I don't know much about Chris Stapleton. You know enough about him by the sounds of it, but I, I can't see it being over if it's with all that trend. And the fact that you're getting above even money, you're getting 225 for the unders. Why wouldn't you play the unders in a genuine 50-50 contest? So for me, it's under. Doesn't doesn't that tell you that it's... No reasoning. Well, <laughs> you know. No, I, I like it. You go to the value. I'm okay. And, and look, no. you'll probably get it right because... It's been unders most of the time, so you're probably right. Yeah, we'll go with that. But now I'm gonna I'm gonna throw to you. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw to you for (laughs) the end of the show. We've seen the Super Bowl winner. We know who's covered the spread. We know who the MVP is. We know who scored the first touchdown. What color is the Gatorade shower? I'm second guessing myself, but I've gone I've gone blue. Why? I think it's the favorite way. And and look, I know there's the Eagles aren't blue. Um, but the green-yellow kind of Gatorade colour doesn't quite match the Eagles. I think the blue is probably closer. Um, and I could see it being blue even if the Chiefs won, to be honest. But um, I think I think it just, I think I don't know, it's just the most popular colour you know, for Gatorade. So it's what they could get their hands on, blue. <laughs> oh. I love I love your reasoning though. I, I, I want to I hear do it. my research on these props. I'm wrong most of the time, but I do my research. <laughs> so, so here's the thing: <clears throat> superstitions 
are a thing in sports, in entertainment. Superstitions are a thing and sports franchises, players, coaches, owners, they're incredibly superstitious. It is what it is. So if you think the Chiefs win, you have to go orange. It's the color that the Chiefs used when they last won the Super Bowl. It matches their colors. Big orange. They go the orange shower. Like, it is what it is. It's just going to happen. If you think the Eagles win, then I think you have to go the lemon-lime. It's the yellow or green. A couple of weeks ago, the conference championship, Fletcher Cox on the boundary line, on the bench, is saying, we're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to the Super Bowl. we got to get the coach. Got to get the Gatorade. Got to get the coach. And it was lemon-lime. A couple of weeks ago, lemon-lime, they won the, the NFC conference championship. And, you know, they're superstitious beings. If they win the NFC championship, they're going to go the same Gatorade in the Super Bowl and they're going to win the game. Yellow and green, $3.50. There's some value there. Can't can't argue with that. I think I think their reasoning as well around the orange is, is good as well. Well, who knows? Talking shit here. So who knows? <laughs> we never know. <laughs> we think we know, but we never know. Uh, have we got anything else? Oh, that's... That's about it. That's the that's, that's it, the mate. Super Bowl. That's uh, the novelties. That's the props. That's the winner. That's the MVP. Ryan, I think you're the MVP of the punt return this year because you've hosted most <laughs> of the year without ever having hosted before, and you've owned it. So well done, mate. No, huge thank you to you, mate, for firstly giving me the reins and then giving me the, the all the gratitude. I, I really appreciate it. It's absolutely not true. Um, you carry the show as. As per always, and um, no, I can't wait to do it all again next season as well. We'll have hopefully a, a few big changes coming as well. Um, Nick and I will be chatting uh, throughout the off season to kind of make this punk, uh, the punt return as big and as best as it can be, and, and we love your feedback. So, yeah, well, let's um, make sure you do follow us on social at Punt Return Pod on Twitter, Punt Return Podcast on Facebook and Instagram at NFL Podcast. But please... Engage with us, ask us questions, um, send us some stuff. Um, we'd love to chat to you. Before. Tell us what you want to hear as well. Like, well I Monday mean, hopefully, hopefully, ho- yeah, hopefully you can get the day off on Monday, Ryan. Come <laughs> and come and watch it with us. But, yes, uh, tell us, tell us what you want to hear. I mean, hopefully we'll be back in, in a week or, or maybe a couple of weeks after just to, to talk about the game and, and see what happens. If the Eagles lose, then I'm not going to want to talk about it. But if we win, then maybe we'll have eight more episodes just talking about yeah. it. So we'll see, but yeah, maybe we'll be back in, in a couple of weeks to, to, to talk about everything that's happening in NFL land, but come and tell us what you want to hear from us next year. Like we're, we're open to changing the format, you know, whatever you guys want to hear, we'll, uh, we'll do our best to, to give to you. So if this is the last time that, uh, that we speak to you for the season, then uh, jump on socials. Tell us what you think of the Super Bowl. Tell us what you think is going to happen. Tell us if you think that we talk shit Tell us if you think that we give you some insight. We want to hear it all. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we look forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, mate. Uh, great way to finish. But, well, we can't wait to watch it. And hopefully I'll have the day off and be be hanging out with Nick and all these Philly friends. And we'll hopefully see a, a, an Eagles victory. Otherwise, I don't know how I'm going to console the big fella. So, um, yeah, we'll see how we go. Until then, guys, thanks for listening. And, of course, E A G. L-E-S Eagles! Go Birds. Go Birds.